Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings, everyone. Good night. Uh, hello from Spartan Stadium in East Lansing. Uh, Michigan football wins 49-0 to zero over the Michigan State Spartans, and we will do our post-game show as we do every week here. Anthony Broom, Ryan Van Bergen here, and uh, apologies in advance. Uh, starting to lose my voice a little bit. I think I'm coming down with a cold, but uh, a lot to talk about in this game. We'll talk offensive takeaways, defensive takeaways. We'll take your questions and more. Uh, the one thing I will say... Uh, but we'll we'll get to it later. But uh, Ryan Van Bergen, I mean, coming off the week that was, uh, not a whole lot of juice early on in the week. Things pick up late in the week with other storylines not quite related to the MSU game. But, I mean, this was a complete, uh, the most complete performance of the season, 49-0, offense, defense, special teams, everything was firing. Your initial thoughts? It all came together. I think we've been waiting to see if Michigan can play a complete game, and we kind of have seen this team progress throughout this season. And, of course, you can always reference the quality of opponents in the preseason, but now we're in the Big Ten schedule, and the Big Ten schedule is what it is. And uh, that's definitely not the best Michigan State team that I've seen in recent years, but to go out there against a rival in a night game environment at their place and shut them out and – run your offense as effectively as I think that offense can run. And like you said, just be pristine in all elements of the game. Uh, this team is right where you want them to be as you head into a bye week and head into November and November's the home stretch. And I think the biggest thing too, and we've talked about this, I mean, eight weeks in a row, right? When the schedule is what it is and the opponents are what they are, this is what it's supposed to look like. This is how lopsided it should be. And again, I, I think that, you can make the argument Michigan State probably more talented in some spots than some of the other teams on the schedule. But given what has happened with them this season, and quite frankly, given what's happened with Michigan uh, late in this week, I thought we saw a team come out playing with their hair on fire. I thought we saw a team that was focused and a team that was ready to twist the knife if need be. So um, before we get into all of our takeaways, uh, I want to talk about our friends our presenting sponsor tonight over at Home Field Apparel, and we're doing this live, and I didn't have the read pulled up, so I'm stalling here while I get it. All right, uh, Home Field Apparel, you guys know them by now. Uh, premium vintage designs, uh, premium collegiate apparel uh, brand based out of Indianapolis. Uh, they have a commitment to creating incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. Uh, they have a growing collection of over 150 colleges to choose from. 
including your favorite teams. There's a great Michigan collection on there. Uh, if you're a Spartan fan that's tuning in uh, for some reason, uh, because you are a miserable person, there's also a Michigan State collection on there. Uh, you can get 15% off your first order using the promo code Wolverine 23. Uh, they just released a bomber jacket. Uh, uh, as part of, I believe it was called the Heartland Collection this week. And if you're a first time buyer over there, you can get in on that. Uh, so go over there, check it out. Homefieldapparel.com. They've been great fan, uh, friends of us. Love working with uh, Connor and, and Joshua and, and the, the folks over there. So use promo code Wolverine 23 for 15% off your first order at homefieldapparel.com. Ryan, let's start with this one on offense. Uh, it was a night where it was, I mean, Michigan, again, completely in control, 477, uh, 477 total yards, uh, excuse me there, uh, of total offense, 7 for 11 on third down, which is key. Michigan came into this game, I believe, converting a little under 55% of its chances on third down, and Michigan State was a, a terrific third down defense. They came in, I believe, with the fourth-ranked unit in that area coming into this game, but Michigan got some of those backbreaking third downs early in the game. And I felt, Ryan, I feel like that set the tone for this one. I think so. I think J.J. McCarthy was was an absolute wizard today on third down and has been for most of the season. But today specifically, I think you said seven for 11 is where we ended up on third down. I'd love to know where we were prior to J.J. McCarthy coming out of the game because I think we might have been 100% on conversion with J.J. at the helm. And, you know, you watch college football when you have a night game, you get an opportunity to watch some of the games that took place today. Maybe we get into those. But it, it just shows up when you have a playmaker at quarterback, and that's what number nine is for us. You know, there's a lot of those times on third down where the first read's not there or he needs to step up or move and maneuver in the pocket in order to let the play develop further. Some of those are even broken plays where they just run the scramble drill really well because they have great chemistry and have taken so many reps together. But uh, you can't say enough about J.J. McCarthy and the difference that he makes in our offense. If you go back, you know, and, and put Cade McNamara, not throwing any shade his direction, but you put him back in those same situations on third down, the conversion percentage will drop. I can almost guarantee it. And that's all because number nine is special. He's playing comfortable. He's making tremendous throws, and he just seems to be getting better and better. And uh, I think he's going to challenge Penix for the top of that Heisman list. This was a campaign-type game for J.J. McCarthy. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. National audience, national TV, primetime game, rivalry game. A lot of eyes on this game, despite you know the difference in seasons between the two teams. I think there are about 10 NFL scouts here that I saw uh, on the media list. So obviously showed out in front of those guys as well. Uh, McCarthy was 21 for 27, 287 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. The four touchdowns is a career high. Uh, completed 78% of his throws. Also had... Uh, where was it? Three rushes for eight yards. But a couple of those were sacks, I believe. Uh, he had the rush for 16 yards. And man, I mean, it just feels like when they get him moving, when they get him on the run, it's almost, it's more dangerous to defend because he sees the field. You know, he does a great job of keeping his eyes up the field. And, you know, tonight, I, get, I mean, Michigan State did a pretty good job taking away the run game. Michigan only ran for, I think, three and a half yards per carry, 34 rushes 120 yards and they got the tight ends involved uh aj barter eight catches for 99 yards and a touchdown colson loveland four catches 79 yards uh two touchdowns i mean those guys were automatic too it's just michigan state did not have an answer for the michigan tight ends I feel like they were definitely going to not allow us to just run the football methodically down their throat. And we said, okay, we'll, we'll distribute and we'll get our weapons involved. And our weapons today happen to be Barner and Loveland. And not to – Roman Wilson still comes away with another touchdown. Roman Wilson can have an 80-yard 
80 yard receiving, 100 yard receiving game and one touchdown, and we might forget about him because it's just regular and routine for Roman Wilson to end up in the end zone. But, um, you know, I think if there's any recruits, I don't follow recruiting as tightly as some of the folks that watch us, but if there's any recruits that were tight ends that were on the fence about Michigan, I think they just got a little bit more favoritism after watching today's game. Um, but it just goes to show you that Michigan can hurt you in so many different ways, and you got to pick which poison do you want to slow down because uh, you're going to have to slow us down in some respect, but we've got another place to go with it, and we have an answer. And, you know, sh- shout out Sharon Moore for just continuing to develop and make our offense more dynamic. Uh, we have a four ninety nine super chat here from Cameron Stokes. Our buddy Cameron says, "Shout out to the backups for preserving the shutout. It had been close for a while, but finally did it and did it over a rival, which makes it ten times better." Yeah, those guys played well, offense and defense. Uh, Jaden McBurrows, after what happened last year in the post game, where he gets his you know face busted in like a carton of eggs, gets his first career pick in garbage time. So that was kind of cool to see. Um, What'd you make of, I mean, we'll get to offensive and defensive effort, but, uh, or I'm sorry, defensive effort, but with the offensive backups, uh, those guys continue to kind of come in and execute. And they have done that since big 10 play started. It's what we've talked about with, it comes to the depth that Michigan is playing with this year. And, there are guys getting significant reps in the third quarter. I can't think of the last time there's been some lopsided games in rivalry games, Michigan, Michigan state, but I can't remember last time when we uh, shut them down or obviously, I'm sorry. I think Sainer still had the touchdown, I think to open up the third quarter, but regardless, I was considering are the starters even going to come back out on the third quarter? Are they even going to play in the second half? And they ended up playing, I think one series, but um the opportunities that these guys are getting to get significant game time, I think just is more credit towards the coaches and how these players have embraced one another. These guys aren't on the bench, just hanging out there watching the big screen, JJ McCarthy and all the starters are on the sideline right there, you know, hoping not to get a sideline warning because they're celebrating their teammates. And uh, it's just, it's awesome to see not only these guys getting time, but then it's also productive time and something that I think is going to build the foundation in the future for some of these young guys that are getting reps. Uh, let's let's talk about the topic we tend to hit on uh, every week. Uh, Donovan Edwards, uh, only six carries for 14 yards. But again, I liked how they used him in the passing game. I think when you look at from a from a play calling perspective, when you look at it from a how do you use this guy in the offense perspective, I think the best way for them to do that is you get him a full head of steam and get him with green grass in front of him. And, and I like the you talk about Sharon Moore being in his bag, so to speak. I like how they used him tonight, even though it doesn't really show in the box score. Uh, there's 23 rushes from our starting guys, you know, that are starting backfield, 23 rush attempts. So there's just not a lot of opportunities. I thought that you saw one good burst where we saw the Donovan Edwards speed and it looked to me like we've had questions whether or not he's full speed. And I don't think that's the case. I think, or that's an issue. I think he is full speed. Um, but I think they're starting to get him more touches and focus on where his touches take place in the direction of the play. seems like he's trying to operate outside the tackles, which is where I think he's best. Not that he can't run between the tackles, but I think they're trying to give him touches that suit him. But there's a limited number of repetitions when you only play, you know, until there's eight minutes left in the third quarter. So uh, I do think he got going a little bit, but uh, more left to be desired. But I'm sure he feels the same way, hoping he could get more touches. It just didn't work out that way. Yeah. And no one, you know, when you talk about Blake Corum too, no one's going to go crazy over 15 rushes for 59 yards. But again, efficient, as efficient, as efficient as you can be, given that, yeah, all these defenses are going to key in on, on Michigan. And if Michigan's not taking advantage through the air, then that's, that's borderline malpractice. So 
again, solid night from those guys. Offensive line, a couple sacks you don't want to see, but um, kept those guys clean for most of the night. And honestly, I mean, I think this is a night. This could have been a pick-your-score night. And Michigan was trying to go for that, too. I mean, they were trying to get that that score on the board before the end of the first half. I think uh, I think maybe the plan may have been to leave the starters in a little longer than kind of the typical wheels fall off, undisciplined stuff from the other sideline starts happening. And, you know, you pull your starters out, you're up, you're up 42 nothing. get those guys out, keep them healthy, because I think objective number one for this team right now is win and stay healthy. And, you know, if you have to grade what that offense did tonight, you know, you just look at the totality of the performance. It's got to be an A-plus, right? I think so. I mean, the only thing that you could say is that we could have won more on first down and second down when we got into some of those situations where J.J. bailed us out, so to speak, with some of the different playmaking things that he did to get us converted on on third and sevens, third and eights, third and nines. But, I mean, he can't win every rep. Uh, so I would say at least an A. I don't know if I throw the plus on there. I'm a rough grader, but uh, definitely an A performance. And, you know, again, after watching Penn State, Ohio State today, two teams that I think had more of the better offenses uh, in the Big Ten, I feel like Michigan is the offense to beat in the Big Ten with the way they, they perform today. And not just today, but how what's led up to how they perform today. Uh, we got a chat here from Shane Johnson who says, best QB in the country, has played one series in the fourth quarter all year. The defense is giving up 5.8 points per game. Michigan's rolling into a bye week and route to Houston like a video game. Uh, yeah, that's the craziest thing. I mean, we keep, you know, you want to at some point, yeah, it's great to see how your team might respond in a four quarter situation, but they're doing all this. And, and, and again, with five minutes to go in the third quarter, you're starting quarterbacks on the bench and, and you're starting to rotate some of those backups in. So again, I mean, I, I can't, you know, w- when you look at the, the, you know, JJ's not putting up the video game numbers because he's not playing four quarters, first of all, but in the opportunities they give him to run this offense, they're leaving very little meat on the bone. I mean, there are times where you see the kind of call off the dogs in terms of play calling, you know, last year to get a guy like Jake, Mo- you know, you, you know, you have Jake Moody, who's almost auto- always automatic. And this year, I mean, I'm not saying that James Turner isn't that, but, you know, when you have an offense that's rolling like theirs is, you go for six, not three. And Michigan's doing a great job converting on there. Yeah, the other thing, yeah, the red zone conversion is just crazy. I mean, that's something that we had struggled with in the not-so-recent past. And uh, I know they threw, it a, threw a graphic up there. I got to watch the, the game broadcast today, but they threw a graphic up there of, you know, J.J. McCarthy with him at quarterback. I think we are going to score a, a touchdown on 60% of the drives. And if you get to the red zone, that number goes up to like 80 90%. Um, you can't ask for more than that. Uh, from from an offensive perspective, that that's as dangerous as of a threat as you get. Uh, at, at this point, it's just about what frequency can at which can they score, and you know, great problem to have. All right. Uh, any other lingering thoughts about the offense? Tyler Morris had a few drops, which I mean, you don't want to see. So yeah, I guess maybe I'll go with Professor Van Bergen and take the plus off of that offensive grade, uh, but still an A on the night. Any other thoughts from you? I just think the tight ends need even more love than what they got. They did great in the receiving game, but the way that they block, especially Barn, Barn, I want to say Barn Hart, but that's t- the right tackle. You know how I do with these names. But um, the tight ends are offensive linemen on this team, anyways. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the blocking that they have, and then fullback position, you know, 
uh, throwback to, I don't know, early 2000s, but Bredesen at fullback, you get into the red zone. If I was a defensive coordinator playing against Michigan, I'm going where 44 goes, but I better have a dog that's going to go hit that guy because if you watch 44 go into the line of scrimmage, Blake Corum just just nestles up to 44 and, and follows him in to green pasture because that dude's a wrecking ball. And uh, I feel like the fullback is a forgotten position. You know, we're in the era of the tush push as opposed to hard-nosed fullbacks that have bloody noses. And uh, Bredesen deserves a little shout-out because there's a lot of times that uh, we just throw him in front of Blake Corum and we're getting six. Yeah, no other thoughts from me. I mean, A, a marks all around for the offense. Uh, just, I mean, that's empty the tank before a bye week. That was something that I think Blake Corum discussed earlier this weekend. Mission accomplished. So uh, we will talk defense here in a second. I want to do our second ad read of the night, though. Uh, shout out our friends over at Caldera because, guys, your glow from this game is going to wear off eventually over the bye week. And guess what? Season's greetings are upon us almost. More like season's compliments. These compliments are guaranteed after making the leap to skincare with our pals over at Caldera Lab. And I'm talking about how you look today and 20 years from now. The results are incredible in little time. Men's skincare and Caldera Lab are the perfect pair for you to look and feel your best. Super easy to add to your morning routine and your nightly routine as well. Clear skin, less wrinkles and signs of aging, enough said. So Caldera Lab skincare, join the, uh, the other 100,000 men who trust our pals at Caldera to make your best first impression this fall. Uh, so for our audience, we have an exclusive deal uh, to get in on the regimen, which is three products, the clean slate, the base layer, and the good. The clean slate starts and ends your day. The base layer is your daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin. And the good is the multifunctional serum at night that helps your skin look tighter and smoother. Uh, for Michigan fans, we have an exclusive deal. Use promo code MICH23, M-I-C-H-23, at calderalab.com and get 20% off right now. Get 20% off with promo code MICH23 at calderalab.com. Make an unforgettable first impression with the best gifts this holiday season. It's almost November. You got to start thinking about that, guys. So 20% off at calderalab.com with promo code MICH23. Defensively, Ryan, uh, you had to love this. First shutout of the season. They've been working so hard for it. Uh, a couple times the backups have kind of let that slip away it's the first shutout in a game that michigan's had since the yukon game last year uh which uh sadly enough for michigan state running back nathan carter he was part of both of those games uh total yards uh, again we talked about 190 yards of offense for michigan state 133 of those yards through the air 57 on the ground held michigan 28 carries for 57 yards it's an average of two yards a carry uh Kaden hauser a lot made about his second career start 12 for 22 101 yards and the pick six to Mike Sainer still uh, overarching thoughts about what you saw on the defensive end tonight. Dominance, dominance. And, and not that we didn't expect them to dominate. I think Michigan state is no secret that offensively they're no juggernaut and have not been, they've been working to figure some things out, but they've got some playmakers on their side of the ball. They they're on scholarship, just like the Michigan guys. And uh, I thought you saw them come out and try to play their best game, but just unable to execute because they're outmatched, you know, across the board. And it's, so amazing where we're at eight games into the season. I mean, I think I was trying to think of what these weird statistics are because there's just so many that I feel like go back uh, historically that you, you've never heard of before. But Mike Sainer still has almost outscored all opponents eight games into the season because he's got two touchdowns. And I feel like the starting defense has given up three or four, but three, I think. So that's I will go to the- our stats and information department on that one. 
even though we have to debate it, is insane. I mean, that's just it, the amount of times a team has been into our red zone. I don't know if anyone's been into our red zone. Uh, I'm sorry, or inside the 10, excuse me, inside the 10, maybe once. And we're eight games into the season. We're going to be in November, and no one has taken a snap inside the 10-yard line. I don't know that that's ever happened. And there's just a couple of those things that you could go through, uh, maybe more than a couple of, I don't know if I've ever seen this before. They're doing something I've never seen before. And uh, they do it week in and week out, and they seem to be getting better. Uh, some guys takeaway wise that I thought you have to mention were the edge rushers. I thought Braden McGregor, Derek Moore, um, you know, I, I've Josiah Stewart all showed up at the edge rush and made, made an impact in the game. But um, I think you could say that about a lot of the guys had impactful plays, but consistently I thought the edge guys uh, really showed up today for the defense. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I go, I wasn't keeping a ton of tabs on this throughout the game, but you look at the box score and, only two sacks on the night, eight tackles for loss. Maybe this is where I felt like the the disruption mostly was, but felt like they had more than two sacks on the night. But uh, Josiah Stewart continues to come on. Derek Moore has just quietly, maybe not so quietly, played extremely well throughout this year. Uh, Junior Colson leads the way with 11 tackles. Uh, really solid night for him. Uh, again, we talked about Jaden McBurrows. Go ahead and give him a game ball, I guess, for the pick late in the game after what happened last year. But uh, you look up and down the board. I mean, there was just... You know, Michigan State didn't exactly bring an elite bevy of skill players into this game, but I mean, very little room for those guys to make plays all night. Uh, you know, Nathan Carter, I think, is by far right now maybe their best offensive player. Just nowhere to run for him behind that offensive line. I like how uh, how hard he runs. He caught my eye in that UConn game last year, but uh, yeah, it's a shame that he kind of maybe downgraded his situation in that regard. But yeah, just all night. Uh, it's hard to even pinpoint area. Uh, Michigan State was six for sixteen on third down, uh, zero for three on fourth down, three point three yards per play. I mean, God, it's you look up and down this box score. Time of possession, Michigan led thirty two fifty two to twenty eighteen for Michigan State. The two uh, turnovers for Michigan State, just uh, about as complete an effort it gets. I mean, obviously, when you put up a goose egg, it is the most complete defensive effort of the season. It is, and the other part of it is they're generating turnovers. There were tackles for loss. There's sacks. Anything statistically that I feel like you could look at to try and poke a hole in a complete performance for a defense, I would challenge someone to tell me what what mark they didn't hit in this game. Uh, so the the defense, and that's another thing that I think is just it's it's kind of amazing to me. It's just been fun to watch as the development. You know, we sit on this podcast after every win so far this year and talk about, well, here's where they can improve. Here's not to nitpick, but here. And we're not the only ones doing it. These guys, every week you can tell, are looking at their film and just trying to figure out ways that they can improve and get better. And, and the culture of this team is something that I feel like is starting to kind of ooze through. And you can feel it as a fan. You can understand how special this team is. And the defense is no exception. I feel like the defense, the the 30 or 40 guys that get to play in each and every game for the defense are, are just very solid and have great chemistry, and they enjoy watching each other find success on the field. I got to ask, because, because it was so thorough, because in a lot of ways it's looked like it has all season, uh, I got to turn my attention to the rivalry here a little bit. And, you know, about halfway through or not even halfway through the third quarter, it was on the mic saying we're still pick six. You start to see the wheels kind of fall off in terms of composure from, you know, from the other side. Um, 
What did you make of, of the guy that was ejected? I didn't see it live. It took me, honestly, maybe 15, 20 minutes to even see a replay of it. But what did you see on that? And, and that's, that's about as dirty as it gets, isn't it? <laughs> You'd be surprised. Uh, that's as dirty as it gets in the open field. But when you're in a pile of guys, some different things will happen. Um, you know, I honestly, I've been a part of a lot of those Michigan, Michigan State games. And I've seen some of the different things that have happened and been told stories from other guys. Things are going to happen in that game. I, I mean, I'm glad that he was flagged. I honestly don't know if it even warranted an ejection because I do think uh, McGregor had some altercation with him that wasn't even necessary. I wouldn't call it a flag, but it was unnecessary. And, you know, him diving and ducking his head. All right, fine. Call targeting if you want to and kick him out. But it, this is frustration mistakes and frustration issues. And I'm honestly not surprised. I thought we'd see more because they're completely embarrassed. And I would be, too. I mean, you know, you, you, you'd like to have something to hang your hat on if you're an MSU Spartan that gets you to come to that building with some kind of pep tomorrow. And if I'm, you know, one of those guys, I have no idea what I'm going to see as a positive from this game. And, you know, these guys just went straight David Goggins and took their souls from them in their own stadium. I got to ask you about that, too, just from a, a player perspective. And I know no one on this, this show is really going to, uh, you know, weep for what happened uh, to the other team. But is this just a burn the tape situation where you just move on from it? Cause I mean, I can't imagine you're going to go back and look at this and, and like you said, find anything to build off of, or, you know, all it's going to do is make you more frustrated. I wouldn't want to be in that situation. I don't know how I'd handle it. I think you, I think if you're a coach, you get 10 plays that you show that, Hey, if we make this one block, we make this one catch, we pick up this first down, who knows what happens. You get 10 of those. Then you get 10 other plays that because we made this mistake, this is why we ended up in the position that we did and just say, there's, there's two options that we can go forward from here with. We can either be the team that does these things right and wins games or puts ourselves in a position to win games, or we can do this and continue to, you know, I think they're at five losses so far this season. Um, so uh, I, those are the that's the type of speech I'd be given, but I'm very fortunate to not have to be in that position. Absolutely. Uh, any other things stick out to you on the defensive side of the ball? Um, again, it's hard to pinpoint anything because I feel like we just repeat the same thing every week on here. Um, I feel like I really am impressed with Jesse Minner and some of the play calling we have defensively because I think that it'd be very easy to get baited into playing vanilla or playing basic or playing, you know, an umbrella coverage when you get up by two scores, three scores, especially when JJ's out there cooking. But that doesn't seem like what we do. I mean, there's there are times where we drop back into coverage, but I feel like he keeps it very balanced regardless of what the score may be you'll see a lot of zone pressure still have defensive tackles coming out then you see us look like we're loaded up on pressure and it's really just a four-man game and we've got the linebacker involved with the defensive line games i just feel like he gives you so many different looks and and i feel like that's part of the strategy part that's like you know next level cerebral is although we're up by 35 i still want to put this on film and make an offensive coordinator think about this pressure or this package or what we're doing and uh, those type of things i think go unnoticed so one more takeaway is that jesse minter is cooking and in his bag as a defensive coordinator along with 11 i actually call it 30 like i said before but guys that are playing there with their hair on fire all right well uh I know it's usually a little earlier in the show that we typically do this, but I think it's time for questions. And we have a couple of super chats in here. Get to this first one from sales 56. who has been waiting patiently for $1.99. He says, what do Mark D'Antonio's tears taste like? Thank you. Ryan, I can let you take that one as you uh, rehydrate there. 
Oh man, I don't know. He's got a, if for people watching a video, he's got a jar full of them. Yeah, uh, for, for all I know, uh, I'm hoping that they taste uh, a little bit like uh, regret. And I feel like he was a guy that at head coach used to get a little too involved in the press conferences and running his mouth about Michigan. And in situations like this year, you would rather have been, I think, a little bit more choice in the words that you used in your press conferences. So um, I'm going to say they taste like regret. Final answer. All right. I no need to elaborate. I'll, I'll let the man let the man speak to that. Uh, Cameron Stokes for 499 says, what's the biggest thing you would like to see out of the bye week from us? First of all, uh, pretty healthy, but get healthier. But uh, what does a bye week kind of look like? Did you ever have one this late in the year? I will. I was thinking about that, actually. I, I don't think so. I want to say that typically like game five, game six, game seven, somewhere in there was the bye week mid-October. Usually the month of October was broken up um, in some capacity, but I really like the timing of the bye week, especially considering how healthy we are. I'm always nervous about how a team is going to play coming out of a bye week, but we get the luxury of getting to host Purdue, who has not been a great team, to knock some of that bye week rust off before we go into Penn State. So I would be thinking about getting to your fundamentals, making sure you have a great understanding of what you should be doing on on plays that are your bread and butter to this point, and just continue to work and get better. And that's something that they've talked about. They were talking about it even in the press conference, Mikey Sanders still after, after the game that this team's just focused on improvement. So I think you might get the best competition you get. Uh, this is going to sound really Michigan privilege, but you might be the best practice you can get by playing against your ones versus ones. So who knows, maybe you come out and you play a little one versus ones and let these guys compete against each other uh, again, because that might be the best competition they get in in the last couple of weeks. So uh, you have that afforded to you because of how well you've done getting guys rotated. And like Jim Harbaugh likes to say, keeping the tread on the tire. So uh, it's nice to go into a buy without needing to rest everybody because you're, you're banged up. We're, we're good. And we get to rest anyway. Yeah. Michigan will practice uh, next week. There will, I mean, coaches will be on the recruiting trail, so it's going to be, I won't say like zombie practices, but they're, they'll get some work in next week. They'll let guys get healthy. Um, from my perspective, if I'm in that building, next week is a mental rep week for Penn State, Ohio State. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, certainly they're going to go back and watch the film from the game earlier today. Maybe we get your thoughts on that a little bit later. But, uh, yeah, get healthy, uh, get those mental reps, let things calm down a little bit. Kind of a, I won't even say tumultuous isn't the word, but kind of just a crazy last few days, which I, I, I tend to believe that. And we'll talk about that here in a second, too. But I tend to believe the players didn't really pay attention to a lot of it, but just a, a chance to take a deep breath. I mean, eight weeks, eight weeks in a row coming off of whatever, four weeks, five weeks of fall camp. Those guys are probably ready for a little bit. And, and thankfully, they're healthy going into it. So uh, I have a 999 Super Chat here from Sales56 again. Uh, I will leave that to be a video exclusive. We'll just leave it on the screen for now. Quick little shout out to uh, there we go. I thought he came already. Yeah, uh, it does say Tuck coming. Uh, he is not here. I don't know if he's in the East Lansing, uh, but what you saw on the field that is the fruits of the labor right now. So, kind of speaks for itself. Uh, thank you, Sales Fifty Six, for the uh, the super chat there. So yeah, uh, back to Loretto's question. Sorry, guys. Uh, back to Loretto's question uh, for four ninety nine. Uh, Jesse Minter seemed to dare them a few times in the soft zone, 
but State didn't do anything about it. What did you see with Jesse Minner's game plan tonight? I thought he was going to make this quarterback. I mean, they're playing a young quarterback, and I feel so bad almost that they had this young guy come in and have to play against the buzzsaw that is the Michigan defense. But uh, I thought you saw him. I think early we saw that they're going to try and run the football, and the UConn transfer was running hard. And, and I think that if they would have found more success with him, could have maybe gotten something going. But I think Jesse Minter rolled another guy into the box and then started to show some different mix of pressure and zone drops and was going to make this kid make a throw. And, you know, to the defense's credit, one, we may not have got a lot of sacks, but we were in his lap and making him uncomfortable. That was really easy to see. Uh, but the other thing was that I feel like they had so many times where they're behind the sticks because they were trying to run. Uh, you know, first and second down. So I, I love what Minter's been doing defensively. I don't know how you could possibly complain about it. We're number one in the country, so he's doing something right. Absolutely. Thank you, Loretto, for the question. Uh, we'll just kind of go rapid fire here. There's a lot in the queue right now. Uh, this one's from Tony Brent. Uh, for you, Ryan, he says, question, how do you feel about Michigan's chances against, against Penn State and Ohio State after that game earlier today? I feel much better. I feel great. Uh, I mean, I think there, besides Marvin Harrison Jr., I think the highlight of the second half of that game was a 75-yard rolling punt. Uh, it was a battle of the punting teams. And, you know, I, people can say, people, a.k.a. James Franklin, can say he's not sure if he saw two of the best teams in the country play football game today. Uh, he saw one of them play, but it was at 730 this evening in East Lansing because his team is a burning dumpster fire offensively. And I think that they're going to be, uh, unless they have something really special that they just, you know, they just had a really off day. Their offense was really bad. And I feel like Ohio state, you know, they, they played good defense against a team that couldn't throw the ball more than 20 yards down the field. So uh, I think Penn state, Ohio state, both, have a lot more deficiencies than what Michigan has shown. So I'd be more worried if I was them than I am worried uh, about them. All right, Cameron, I see a super chat from you. I'm going to take two from the regular chat and go right to you just to uh, clear this out a little bit. Uh, Blue Tarot asks, does anyone think it's possible JJ stays one more year? I mean, it's possible. I mean, these guys are making more money in college, so anything's possible, but uh, no discredit to you, sir, but, or ma'am, but I don't care. I'm more worried about this year and what we get done this year. Yeah. It, again, it's possible. It all, uh, it all depends on fit. All depends on maybe what their draft grade is. It's a deep quarterback class. So maybe you come back and you fight it out for QB one. I mean, who knows in a certain set of scenarios, Michigan finds a way to win this whole thing and, and he blows up and he's QB one this year. I, I don't know that I buy that yet, but Maybe he comes back for that in 2025 we'll, or 2024, but we'll see. Uh, this one's from BP. Who says, Anthony, do you remember your pod after the 2020 MSU game? They've come a long way. Yeah, that was uh, the COVID year pods that I, were, that I was doing by myself was um, therapy was required in, during the spring of 2021. Uh, gave me a lot of gray hairs before my 30s. But uh, yeah, come a long way. Can't believe it. Uh, math is hard. Thirty-three and three in the the games, or in you know overall since then. Uh, pretty wild to see. I, I said this. To, I'm not looking to jinx it at all. I said this in the Clay, uh, to Clayton on the car ride over here. I haven't seen Michigan lose in person since the Citrus Bowl when they played Alabama. Wasn't at the Michigan. Wasn't at any of the COVID games. Wasn't at the Michigan State game in 21. Wasn't at either of the college football playoff games last two years. So 
I don't know. I'll uh, maybe open up the Venmo. You guys can add to the, our travel budget, and I'll make sure I'm there for all of them. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been a crazy ride. Uh, William Flanagan, do you think Jim's contract gets done within the coming weeks? I would have felt a lot different about that coming into you know if there wasn't a uh, alleged illegal sign stealing thing going on right now. I think that that's kind of on pause for right now. And, you know, just to address that really quick, and we'll get to Cameron's uh, super chat. Do you, I mean, we're going to go into it more de- in depth on the Monday show. I don't really want to earmark time during the post game pod for this, but given that this will be the last time we speak for two weeks, Ryan, I mean, just your initial thoughts on what's going on there. Oh, I've got a lot to say, and I don't want to go too much into it because uh, this is more about what we saw today in, in the game. But um, sure. if the NCAA has solid evidence, then you need to come forward with it, and you need to come forward with it in a hasty manner because, to me, this is you're, – you're, you're setting a very dangerous precedent that if a team seems dominant in their conference, if you can just claim, hey, they're cheating – and whatever the case may be, sign stealing, whatever they're calling for this time. But think about the the cloud that that uh, that puts around a program. And you know, if they have to cooperate with this investigation, Jim Harbaugh, some of the assistant coaches, oh, they're taking time away from their players to cooperate with this investigation. Uh, to me, it, it seems unless they have damning evidence that they can procure in the next day or two, then they need to leave this alone till the end of the season. Because uh, to me, it makes no sense from my understanding that uh, a team that we beat two weeks ago handily now has an issue with something or the methods that were being used. And, you know, I, I hope there's nothing, there's no truth to it. I also think that in general, st- stealing signs as a, as a, the, the concept is absolutely been a part of the program for 30, 40 years. I mean, there's been people that are designated to lip read on sidelines has happened. That's why coaches put them thing over their face when they're in the NFL, giving their play calls. People have done wristbands. You see times where there's guys with yellow hat, blue hat, red hat, doing signals. So you don't know who it is. Why do they do that? If they don't think that someone might try and steal their signals, because it's a common at aspect of the game that has happened all over the place. And and some people would even call it scouting. So um, I've just got an issue with the negative light that it throws over the Michigan program in in a time where we should be celebrating and feeling good about what our team has done. And uh, if they don't have some damning evidence, then they need to leave this alone and they need to do it quickly. Sums it up pretty well. Like I said, we will talk more about it on the Monday show uh, with the team site writers, but uh, yeah, figured it was worth throwing in I, before I got a comment. Oh, the Michigan Post game didn't even, you know, they brushed it over. There's not a lot of information on it right now. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to play the the game. Just not. We'll get to it later, uh, later next week. Uh, Cameron Stokes, I'll get to your super chat now. Uh, he says, I'm trying to nitpick. Well, first off, Cameron, don't try to nitpick. Nit- that's, that's a good way to make yourself miserable. But he says, I still think some of our tackling, uh, with the LBs and DBs need work. Too many arm tackles and not wrapping up. Again, I'm nitpicking. Is there merit to his nitpick, Ryan? I think I understand where you're coming from because I saw just a couple of these, and I think most of them actually occurred on stiff arms. But uh, I will challenge you a little bit on this because I think that you saw early in the game, I, I think I saw uh, Michael Barrett catch a stiff arm uh, from their running back, running to the outside edge to MSU sideline. And that's a play he typically makes. But later in the game, that same stiff arm comes out. He clubs down, wraps up the tackle, makes the tackle. 
discredit and let's not discredit uh make it's no disrespect that i can't remember his name but number five from michigan state uh he played his freaking you know what off he was running the ball with as much as he had in him because from what i understand he's a michigan kid that wanted an offer from michigan like he is the prototypical michigan state kid that when they play michigan they are going to have the biggest chip on their shoulder you've ever seen and i love to see it um but so he ran through michael barrett arm tackle and i feel like on the edges there were some but i will say this I would challenge you to show me what the yards after contact are for any team, even in this game for, for against Michigan State's defense and how that compares to some of the other teams. I'd be willing to bet my chips on the fact that Michigan has a low yards after contact uh, average. And that's because I do think they rally to the ball. They do make good tackles. Uh, there were a few today that I understand where you're coming from. But in general, the Michigan defense is a great tackling defense. All right. Thanks, Cameron. Uh, we will go now to Nathan Tuckfield, who says, will JJ still be in true Heisman contention, even though he hasn't played all four quarters in every game this year? Uh, I think that talk's going to pick up a little bit. And, and I do think that, uh, you know, sometimes they send four guys, sometimes they send five. If there's four or five guys they send, I think he'll be there. I think he'll be there, uh, especially if Michigan can finish off November the way I think they're capable of finishing off November. I think they're capable of going to Penn state and running the table there. They're capable of running the brakes off of Ohio state. And I think people thought they were capable of it, but I think they're very capable of it at, at this point in the season. So uh, I feel like he shows up in those games big and has another four touchdown, five touchdown performance in some of those bigger games. It's going to be hard to ignore a JJ McCarthy. Now I do think that, the concern is warranted that he's not going to have the same production and statistics as some of the other quarterbacks that may be there at the end of the season. But uh, I think some of it has to go to your leadership and what you mean to your team and playmaking ability. And there's not anyone doing it better than number nine. I'm going to take this question from uh, Adam Shepardson. And I think this might be where we leave it. I actually have one more comment to make after the question, but uh, RVB as a pass rusher, from Adam, he says, how demoralizing is it for a defense to have a QB carve you up, escape pressure, and make plays like J.J. did tonight? The best word, I think you used it, Anthony, but I also heard it on the broadcast, back-breaking. That's exactly what it is. I mean, you queue up to to pin your ears back and get on a pass rush, and you get up a little bit too high, too deep, and he just steps up, squirts out, extends a play, and your coverage breaks down. First down, Colson Loveland. And you were expecting to get off the field on that third down. And those things just build up on you over time and wear you down. And it's disheartening, no matter what you say, it definitely affects your mindset as you go into pass rushes and it'll slow you down, especially when you got a kid that escapes like he does. All of a sudden you slow down on your speed rush because you're afraid of opening up a gap that he may slip through. And then all of a sudden you're not rushing with hundred percent intensity like you normally would be. So uh, he is definitely getting into the heads and affecting the play of the defenses that he's going against because of what he's capable of doing, especially on third downs. Today, to me, the third downs really stood out of how much of a play maker he is and can get the chains moved well we've done a lot to discuss this game recap this game uh but there's a social media post out there that i have to give props for that sums it up quite frankly better than i ever could have this is from colton pouncey of the athletic it says releasing a statement apologizing for putting hitler on your video board while you're down 42 to 0 versus your biggest rival is about as bad as it gets man um pretty much sums it up 
<laughs> if anyone isn't aware of that situation, they had a uh, like a trivia thing playing before the game on a loop, and there was a question that popped up that asked if the Spartan Stadium crowd knew where uh, knew where Adolf Hitler, what country he was born in. So uh, go ahead and add that to your rivalry bingo card. But about sums it up: um, Michigan wins forty nine to zero. Eight no on the season. Bye week coming up. Purdue up next. November's here. Jim Harbaugh said it this week. When the leaves turn brown and the skies turn gray, it's championship season. And despite the record, trophy game, championship game tonight, state championship game, Michigan wins. They'll play Purdue. They go to Penn State on November 11th. They will go to Maryland on November 18th and close it out on the 25th against Ohio State. But um, thanks to you guys for tuning in and for watching. Uh, signing off here from Spartan Stadium, Anthony Broom and former Michigan defensive end Ryan Van Bergen. Be sure to like and subscribe to the channel. And we will talk to you again, I guess, in two weeks now. So thanks for watching. Thanks for the great questions. And we will talk to you again soon.